Hello, listeners. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Avocado Games Cast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite recent video games, Nier Automata, Platinum Games and Yokotaro's latest title. If you haven't played the game yet, don't worry. You don't have to tune away immediately. The first bit of this podcast will be spoiler free. But before we get to the discussion, let's meet the other contributors. First up, he's got a dissertation's worth of Drakengard lore stored in his brain. It's Ben. Morning. Next, she could probably play the original Nier blindfolded, and she somehow made it through the sequel on mouse and keyboard. It's Operetta. Said it wasn't possible. It was possible, apparently. And finally, he just wants to give 9S a hug. Say hello to (laughs) Zach Annan. Excuse me. And also, hi. <laughs> yes, I'm coming off of a cold. It's great. So, Yeah, well, uh, well, I think what we've learned is that if you were an android, you wouldn't be sick right now. Well, if I was an android, then all of my problems would be solved. Every single last problem. No I don't know. I just think Nero matter. They seem to have a fair few problems. The, exten- the existential well, problems wouldn't be solved. Eh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Minor details. It's fine. I mean, you've you got like a pod will take care of all your all your menial tasks. Yeah, exactly. Only if you're a Yorha. That's true. Otherwise, you're like one of those yeah, resistant members. Like, hey, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Yorha, you get those really super cool outfits. If you're a resistance member, you're dressed in like I mean, desert why would garb. Not be Yorha. Like the outfits I mean, alone would make it super worth it. I think you you're can't good. Choose to be it. Like they've got that sweet, sexy lederhosen. It's great, right? It's like it's like Taro Yoko took one look at um the Kingdom Hearts like part where Riku was blindfolded, and they're like, "I'm gonna go with that." Right? Yeah. Not that I'm complaining. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, I do love the aesthetic. Um. Mm-hmm. So let me mention that I was waiting for some explanation on their fucking outfits for that entire game, and no, you know, just, like, no explanation. Pretty- no explanation is needed. Like all, you just look at it. Look at it, and you understand. Yeah, it. There's something that's sort of like, it's. There's never an explanation for it, but there's a moment that makes the outfits completely worth it. That I think we'll get I to. Was at least expecting a rationalized explanation for the blindfolds. Um, I mean, they don't really need eyes, right? Because they have other I, sensory organs. I think it's like double. technically that it, there's some sort of goggles, and they can see through them. It's just that's what they look like. It's like the also, future. Yeah, you know, eyes and all that. Yeah, that's where the HUD comes from, obviously. But I was expecting, like, something to do with, like, oh, and we have these blindfolds for yada yada yada, and then, like, some big reveal when they took their blindfolds off, and they're just like, uh, no. No, they just take their blindfolds off to cry. That's what we're Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yep. And it was effective when we did first see that, when when we did see their eyes. It was. I I think, yeah, it's it's made for that emotional impact at the end of the day. Mm So I guess I should mention that, so Ben and Operetta, you guys are fairly familiar with the Drakengard slash Nier series, right? Yes, although Automata is the only one I've actually played. I read Let's Plays and the rest of them. Okay. I have played most of Drakengard 3. I'm like one level from the ending trying to collect all the weapons. I've played like half of Drakengard 1 and don't do that, that game's shit. And I got all the endings in Nier and all the, well all the main endings in Automata, but not, like, all the fucking dumb joke ones, because I deleted my file. Okay, yeah, and uh, Zach and I, we've got... I guess we're mostly unfamiliar with Nier. Uh, I mean, yep. I've 
what I've read and watched some lore summaries to sort of I like I know what white chlorination syndrome and and uh, the black scroll are black black scroll are, but other than that, I don't really know the lore. Um, yeah, I watched uh, about half of a let's play on Nier, and that was it. Yeah, okay. it got too depressing. And I was like, no. I just want to point out though, I was looking up a full list of everything you need to like read and play and everything to get the full Draken God Nier story. None of us have like are even halfway through. There's well, we'd have to watch a Japan-only stage play. I yeah. believe. There's 20 entries on that list before you get to Drakengard 3, which is the earliest game in the chronology. <laughs> yeah, th- there's, there's a lot of lore. <laughs> a series of seven in between the playthroughs, like in between the different endings of Drakengard 3, and that's not even getting into the near shit. I'm sure there's somebody who's like accumulated all of this. It's just like one guy in Tokyo. He's gone to every performance of the stage play, and he's just got like a uh, a big Emil oh, yeah, mask. That's the fun bit. Half the books aren't in English, so <laughs> fuck you, I guess. I mean, that's not even like a thing you need to do. It's like if you watch Drakengard ending E and have an idea of what went on in near, you're pretty much set, in my opinion. You don't you know about Drakengard two or three? Well, Drakengard well, two is not really. Part of the whole thing, because it wasn't yeah, made like by a weapon story about it. Part. All right, so I guess how um, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this now. Uh, how this is going to work is that for the first fifteen minutes or so, we're going to talk about the game with only very mild spoilers, like we've been doing right now, so that anyone who's interested can listen. Then the next fifteen minutes or so, we're going to talk only about the first playthrough of the game. And right now, I'm spoiling that. Yes, you should play this game multiple times. Um, it's fun. Uh, they and, tell you that. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It essentially tells you that. Um, and so th- that way, those of you who've completed initial run of the game but are still sort of in the middle of, of playing it can can listen. And finally, in the remainder of the podcast, we're just going to be talking about everything. Uh, so we're just going to spoil the whole game. We might also discuss links to other games in the Drakengard slash New Year series. We're not going to spoil them completely, so it's not going to be like, if you're interested in playing those games, you're we're going to ruin them entirely for you, but... We are going to talk about links to those games, and there will be spoilers, just fair warning. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yes. So let's get into Nier Automata. This, this game kind of, I don't, I don't want to say blindsided me, uh, because I saw you know the trailers um, when, they, when they dropped in spring of 2016, but it wasn't really on my radar as a game that I was definitely going to get, and then... You know the reviews start trickling in. And people are like, "You have to play this game," uh, and I saw some some preview footage that made me super interested. I saw so I saw a robot riding a moose, and that made me uh, <laughs> that made me want to buy it. So, was this a, uh, a game you guys are anticipating, or was it a game that uh, I remember seeing the first announcement for it and like seeing the names listed? There's Yoko Taro, and I forget the guy's name, but he did all the combat design for Metal Gear Revengeance. And thinking basically, if the people involved in this game half ass it, it could be the best game ever made. <laughs> and they yeah. didn't. And holy shit, this game. Oh, I know, right? I remember, like, well, yeah, when I saw the, the Let's Play of Nier, like, and then, like, it's like, oh, that's a neat game. Like, maybe I should visit that one day. Then I heard about Nier Automaton. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy this now. So. <laughs> 
get in on the ground floor on this iteration. Hands down, my favorite developer. I own all their games. I love them all, except for Ninja Turtles, which isn't very good. Uh, But how dare um, you? (laughs) He's not great. Come on. I love Korra, but I don't love Ninja Turtles. Um, And like Yoko Taro's games are some of the best written games ever. But up until Neo Automata, they don't play very well. Yeah. Like they're. Like Drakengard, Drakengard is an amazingly written game, while also being one of the worst games I've ever played. It's <laughs> uh, a great combo. It, okay. it's, I, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Is, is the yeah, combat as bad like, as like the when I think of bad combat, the game that comes to mind is is uh, Dreamfall. Where oh, hey, that game had good writing, though. It had amazing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Amazing writing with bad combat. That's my that's my go to example. Dream. Okay, Ball. well, the combat in Drakengard is you get a whole bunch of different weapons. They all have different combos and everything, but they're all crap except for your default one, which you have a square, square, square combo on it, and it's uh like um Dynasty Warriors type game. So you that's just fine. hit square, square, square for like fifty hours. And oh, that's the game. exciting. Oh, so yeah. it's like going through Alpha Protocol as a punchy person. You just keep hitting E the entire game. <laughs> Way worse. They <laughs> do add in, like, magic and everything that's really cool and, like, does actually make the game kind of a bit more fun. And then just after they add that in, they add these red enemies that are immune to all your magic spells so you can't actually use them. Brilliant. And oh, yeah. then fucking play this game for 50 hours. Like, Oh, Lord, I would die if I had to do that. I had a friend in high school who said Drakengard was her favorite game, unironically. Oh, I could totally believe them because the oh, yeah. writing is amazing and the fact that the game sucks is kind of the point because the whole point of the game is that Kame is an insane psychopath killing thousands and thousands of people and it's become completely mundane to him. So that's... Oh, yeah. But it's still shit. It's shit. <laughs> it's yeah. awful. Don't but, play uh... it. Yeah, like, sorry, like you guys, I found out about Near Automata back in, I guess, E3. I pronounce it Automata. <laughs> I didn't know that was the wrong way to pronounce it. Well, actually, but here's, here's the thing. I keep going I back and forth in my own head So uh, the word is way to pronounce it. The word is pronounced Automata, but in the game itself, they say Automata. Haha, <laughs> agree. So I guess we're all correct? Everything is correct. Or we're all wrong. Depends on how you want to look at it. So Operetti said you saw it back at E3. And then... Yeah, um, back when it, the first announcement trailer came out, and I was watching E3, and I like legit started screaming because um, I read the LP of Nier, and I'd enjoyed it because I didn't have to play the game myself, and I could just enjoy the emotional story beats. And so I was like, okay, okay, Teriyoku, all right, I'm ready. And then it was platinum, and it's like, yeah. Although I didn't think I'd be able to play it until it got announced that it came to PC. Seeing as I have a laptop that can now play video games, um, uh, I had a good time. Although I completely forgot it came out until four days after it came out. And I was like, yeah, I remember, no I remember you freaking me. out. Be like, nobody told me this game came out. Yeah. <laughs> How anticipated I was for this game. The entire reason I own a PS4 is because it was a PS4 exclusive. Oh like, my God. I thought it was a PS4 exclusive and was like, okay, I will buy a PS4 now and went out and bought one. And then it was kind of dirty when it came to PC, but eh. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's actually... I, I don't think I'd bought a PS4 at the time they announced it because they announced it slightly before E3. Um, so I hadn't yet bought my PS4. 
but it was one of the motivating factors. I was like, you know, this looks cool. Yep. Um, but I, like the main reason I bought my PS4 was for Uncharted. Uh, and this is like something that sweetened the deal. And now I I'm like, for me, it was near and persona five that convinced me to get the PS4, which I'm playing right now, which I guess we'll right? talk about on a, right now. You should uh, be recording this podcast, Merv. Come on, pay more attention. He's multitasking. Um, yeah, I wish. I, I mean, I'm dungeon crawling right now. I can multitask. I'm, I'm not actually playing. <laughs> literally playing it right now. Uh, but yeah, so uh, like, it, I think for for uh, like some small subset of people, I think it's actually kind of a, a system seller, and apparently it's done fairly well. Like they shipped over a million copies of this game, which is not what you'd expect from a really niche title, even within Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, it should have failed. There is no reason this game should have succeeded. It's yeah. Insane. I am so excited. Yeah, like, it's actually, they originally had no DLC plans, and now it seems like they will have DLC plans, potentially even, like, actual story DLC. Um, but, I mean, that they'll announce at a later date. So it's, it's strange that it's done so well. It's partially because, like, uh, aside from a few reviewers who weren't, who were a little bit less than impressed in the game, and of course they're entitled to their opinions, um, no, no, no. everybody I've everybody I've discussed this game with has been like, "You should play this game." Like there are lots of games that people like, uh, and they're like, "Yeah, this game is great." But this is the first game I've played in a long time where everybody who plays it is like, "You should play this game." Yeah, because I also think it's like a game that if you watch it or if you watch someone else play it, it it's a game that you'd need to play yourself if you know what i mean yeah like so much of what it does is like examining the artifice of video games so watching someone else play it it just doesn't have the same impact i think that's one of the very strong strengths of it and it's fun to play even i said on pc i did the entire which took a fair bit of modding to be able to run at a reasonable frame rate even though my graphics card isn't half bad but um even with the keyboard and mouse once i got my uh, you know keybinds down it was fun to play how the fuck right? does that work what uh you double tap to dodge and, and yeah. then you uh i guess you most of the combat is already mapped to the to the mouse buttons but some of the combat wow. is on the on the keyboard. It's it's hard to explain. So you could you I, control I it in theory with the I, I want to hear the explanation. Yeah, this. let me explain. I did it. Okay, yeah. so the default um, key maps are really stupid, and so I just redid it. My sister played the game too, and we kind of collaborated on how to do it. So we just ended up, you know, you control with WSAD, and I ended up mapping um, light attack and heavy attack, and you know the pod button all to like comma period and backslash. So and. So shift would also be a shooting button. And uh, for my first playthrough, I did um, jump as space, but I then changed it to M. So it's right next to everything else for convenience reasons. Um, and then I made space out of the fire button. But no, I did it with um, my mouse, but then it just felt like I was just, because like, you can do light attack and heavy attack with Wait, mouse, sorry. Um, yeah? Trying to figure out how this works, like looking at my keyboard. How did you control the camera then, if both your hands are on the keyboard? Oh, I pretty much didn't. I did a, like, if I needed to, I could, like, reach <laughs> over and, like, spin the camera, like, left. <laughs> oh, that's that amazing. That is, yeah, that's great. I did, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do much camera control. I used lock-on, and I also had the camera control the slowest, like, reduced motion sickness settings anyway. Because um, I'm really not, because camera spinning kind of makes me motion sick. So, um, oh. yeah, I just, um, things turned out okay, though. <laughs> 
That uh, is that is some impressive you, dedication. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's epic. Yeah, I I actually tried uh with mouse and keyboard briefly. The problem is the game doesn't allow you to rebind uh keys to the to mouse buttons. So there's no way of changing the bindings on the mouse. It's really annoying. I was going to play huh. it mouse and keyboard. Um because yeah. I was going to rebind some stuff to my to, I have thumb buttons on my mouse. So I was going to rebind it to the, some stuff to those, but I couldn't rebind anything to mouse buttons. So I was like, "Nah, this is not going to work." But so yeah, I if I was like walking it. around or needed to move the camera, when I was just like you know walking around or whatever, I'd use the mouse for that. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, I it, it, yeah it, yeah the um, start of my second playthrough, I did, had to do some remapping for that one, but uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> oh yeah, right. we, we'll get to that in a little oh, bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so. I- to mention on the game just on the first playthrough kind of thing where i guess we're just talking about like gameplay and shit here as well yeah like as much as i do think this game is amazing and probably the best game i've ever played it's not perfect it does have a bunch of like serious issues that i think need to be fixed well not need to be fixed but like could be to be a better game for one i think the game's really easy like i don't know if it's just because i'm used to playing like Bayonetta on Infinite Climax and all that shit, but when you get the fucking, um, oh, I forget what it's called, the chip that gives you like the slow-mo witch time? Overload. Overload, yeah. Overdrive. 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 Is, oh, yeah. I knew it was over something. Yeah. That shit is broken as fuck. Um, it made me feel happy, overdrive. though. It made me feel happy. I spent... Uh, are we allowed to spoil the first playthrough here? Like, who um, you fight as boss? I guess let's move on to spoiling the first playthrough. So um, from here on in, there are going. If you haven't played the game yet, there are going to be spoilers. Uh, but you should play this game. All right, let's spoil stuff now. The the first playthrough. Adam, where you do it in like the little white fucking city thing. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I spent that entire fight in slow mo. How'd wow. you get that? How'd you get that chip before that fight though? I didn't get that chip to like almost to the end of my playthrough, and that was only buying it off a meal. I think I bought it off a meal. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I makes never sense. Saw a meal, um, like as his little shop thing, um, in my first playthrough. Not at I all. Remember- no. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Wandering around after Forest King. Okay. Like, I only saw him after, like, in the second playthrough. Like, I thought it was just a thing that unlocked in the second playthrough. No, no, no. As, as soon as his little head rolls off, he just starts, like, rolling around the map. Uh, singing, singing his little song. Yeah, you just have to find his icon on the map and just go check it out. I'm okay. screaming when Emil showed up. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I have not played a game that had me screaming, like, bullshit, no fucking way at the TV. <laughs> Much as this yeah. Game. Well, and the way that he not... shows up is just so fucking random. It's just like one minute, like you're fighting a robot, and then all of a sudden its head explodes. And there's meal. And you're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Not expect any of the characters from near to show up, and the fact that they do him and Devil and Popola show up is just like, oh my god. Not even that. I didn't even notice. If you go back the very first time you get to the resistance camp, mm-hmm. uh. In the back, like, you know that bit where you go off the side and it goes all 2D? Yeah. Yeah, Devler and Poplar are just hanging around there at the very first time you get there. Oh, yeah, I know that. Like, like I was like, can I get back there? I want to talk to them. 
I yeah, I noticed either. there are two resistance members who look different from the other two, but I didn't know who they were until they're back in like the two D side scrolling yeah. part. Yeah, yeah I think it's off too. They're just like off in the distance. Yeah, I I saw these characters who look different. I was like, hey, pink haired people. I want to talk to them, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> um, but um, Emil, Emil's okay. shop is wild though because it follows apparently two paths, and you can only get certain things on different path and like the rare path is where you can get like the items and stuff and like the weapons so like at the very like at the very end of my i guess first playthrough um i ran into him on like the rare path where i like picked up both the weapons and the dress module which is the best what's the um, dress module I, right oh so yeah because um the second path which is apparently rare he like runs past the resistance camp you can get two fist two combat bracer weapons from him and something called the dress module which, um, in, I mean, I didn't really run it with, with, uh, 9S too much, but no, you can change your outfit. Like if for some reason, uh, this is more, this is more of a second, this is more of a second playthrough thing. Like you can change what your characters look like via the dress module, usually via removing some of their clothes. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I no, 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 no. need in my life now. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not lying to you. I promise. I took a screenshot of it. Cause, uh, the, uh. Yeah, um, there are more, only, I can, like, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into more spoiler territory because this is only first playthrough. But um, no, it's it's really fun. Okay, I yeah. need that so yeah. bad now. That yeah. sounds amazing. Oh mm-hmm. um, and I love Emil's song, by the way. I know, right? Oh, I love that song. He's playing like, it's it, it like this American so every like time I would hear it. It's like this American penny whistle tune or something that he's got going yeah. on. It's sort of like, like a marching well, band thing. I have to say, though, speaking of Emil, like one uh-huh. of the things. I think is a flaw with the game is I think out of all the Yoko Taro games, this one has the weakest characters. Like there are no characters. I feel like from this game, if they showed up in another game, I would have the same reaction that I had to Emil showing up in this game. If you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you, this is Emil's awesome. <laughs> right. But like even like the other characters from like near one, like Kayane and everything, they're the yeah. fucking best. And there's, like, even playing Drakengard 3, Drakengard 3 has the best fucking characters. Even Drakengard 1, which is shit, has... Well, all the characters are awful, awful people, but they're interesting. That's all that Yeah, I think one of the issues is that... Um, and this has been pointed out in a couple of reviews, is that 2B and 9S maintain mostly consistent demeanors, but their attitudes towards things change... Um, like, 9S is sometimes extremely curious about machines, and sometimes he's like, we have to kill all the machines. And he keeps sort of bouncing back and forth. And 2B bounces back and forth between how compassionate she is uh, about the machines. And some there's some stuff later in the game that rationalizes this for 9S, uh, for 2B, sorry. But 9S still seems like he's a little bit of an inconsistent character. I wouldn't say that. I, think- I mean, it's probably... 9S sorry, is- I don't mean to talk over you. Yeah, we're going to talk over each other a lot. Just keep going and try and power <laughs> out the other person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Operator, you were think, saying about the characters? Yeah, I mean, as, you know, it's the uh, storytelling. Like, when you're in the desert and Mia's like, oh, these people are, you know, they're not saying anything. They're just imitating human culture, et cetera, et cetera. And machines can't have feelings as, you know, you as a player, like, you know, yeah. murdering all these species. Like, don't hurt me! Right? Thanks, I thanks, feel like... I kind of feel like their lack of characterization is pretty in keeping with the story that uh, Nier Automata is trying to tell, though. Like, yeah. the fact that I none of these like... people are actually, like, human. Um, 
the for them to be like not like perfectly consistent or like have perfectly well formed uh, personalities or whatever. Like I think that's pretty in that keeping with is. the story. Yeah, I didn't think I wasn't like oh this person's out of character. I didn't have any moments like that. Well, I didn't think they were ever out of character. I just didn't connect to them as much emotionally as I did to the previous characters. Like even um. I was so hoping the King of like something about facade was going to show up when I went to the desert, and they're all wearing the masks. It shows up in a side. All right, then you find out that the facade has been gone for thousands of years. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like, oh, I, just, I, I just didn't. I don't know. Except for Pascal. Sorry, Pascal, fucking amazing character. I love Pascal. I want an entire Pascal. game about Pascal. Yeah. Pascal is Pascal great. Pascal the best. Um, oh, oh, okay, really so. I want to talk game about Jean-Paul. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he was fun. Clearly referring to Jean-Paul Sartre, or however you pronounce his last name. Sartre? Why the Sartre. fuck would his name always beeped out when 2B said it? Um, that's because Japan Did you get that and, like, or am I crazy? Yeah, so, uh, why 2B can't see the names of, of like, the boss machines? Um, because she's not a scanner. So that's data that's unavailable to her. Yeah, because when yeah, because they're all like little foreign languagey things. And oh my the, god, that's yeah. pretty clever, I actually. Dragon Guard three, but we're gonna do that at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. um, they're some fucking shit with that, and it's crazy and the holy shit. But anyway, continue. Yeah. So okay. we, I think we were talking earlier about about the combat and how it actually gets too easy. So I played it on normal. And I, I, I'll admit, I'm not great at video games, so I died a few times. Um, but is. it gets so much easier once you unlock auto heal and deadly heal and defensive heal. You basically turn yourself into a tank who can just, like, you take damage, and the second you take damage, you're, like, it just, you, uh, you reabsorb all of that. Auto um, heal, best heal. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're using offensive heal, you just shoot at, at, machines and you're healing as you're shooting so if you constantly have the gatling gun going you're just gaining health so it comes completely broken later three different chipsets like one for offense one for movement one for healing by the end of the game i had one and it was just healing because fuck it (laughs) yeah like i've just had one chipset that i rolled through um Except then I changed, I added a couple things during my second playthrough um, for reasons we'll get into when we get there. But uh, Well, let's yeah. get there right now. Okay. Actually, before we do it, I just wanted to say one okay, more thing. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Ben. Continue. Sorry, now I'm just trying to remember my own just went blank. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, we can we can sort of noodle around here a bit more until yeah, you okay. until you remember it. Yeah. No, I'll just go to the second playthrough stuff. Okay. Can I talk about one thing about uh, the first route real quick? Yeah, so, sure. Um, yeah, so the part where the game started really getting to me was the amusement park section because it was obviously based off a place called Tivoli, which I've been to over the summer and I thought was really cool. It's like the proto-Disneyland or whatever in Europe. And um, so I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there being like, oh, these robots are all happy and having fun. I'm going to have to murder them later, aren't I? Oh, my God. And so, like, Except you, know. you never really do. Like that's yeah, the best but, part. You can yeah, run through I that whole really amusement park to. and never have to kill them. Like I unless love you that. accidentally leave your partner set to aggressive, and then he fucking kills everyone, and you're like, "What are you doing, Ninus? Stop it!" <laughs> 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 
good job. But no, yeah. but the entire game, you know, I had the expectation, oh my God, they're all so happy. I'm going to have to murder them at some point. Like, you know, this little, you know, a big brother, a little brother, and they gave me stuff, and it's a family, and all, you know, the tank shooting balloons. Okay, right. I killed the tank because I didn't know I had to go continue. But besides that, everybody else lived. And then the section after that was like immediately like the, once you finish the boss of that place, which was banging and had the best music. Um, that was fucking incredible, right? Yes, it was. Yes. It was amazing. I love that boss. There's a reason that that's the boss they showed off in, in pre-release footage. At E3. Yeah. And they didn't even show half the shit that boss does in that video. Like, oh, I remember awesome. the, like, oh, so I've pretty much seen everything that this boss does and everything. And like, oh, no, here's fucking phase two, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Get in! Yep. With, like, the banging, like, semi-opera music in the background. Yeah. That was a boss my wife was going to, like, go get ready for something. I forget what and everything. And she just stopped. She sat down and watched me fight this boss because <laughs> that shit is just, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. That boss and fight is amazing. Fun. And arguably, it's not even the best boss fight in the game. Because there are some boss fights in later playthroughs that are just, like, holy shit. It was a wild boss, though. And yeah. the other fun part about fighting bosses, and in general, is I hope you all played this game connected connected to the network slash the internet, because yeah. um, <laughs> oh my god, because the little, like the dead cool. bodies of where all the other players yes. died, and yep. when you die, your place will be uploaded to the internet, so you can like you know get like full heals and like stuff off the dead bodies of other players where they all passed out. So just like seeing exactly where people died is hilarious and There's also very effective. Dark Souls shit. Like, you walk into a room and see all the corpses, and it's like, well, shit, something. <laughs> You're like, yep, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna die here. Yeah. You can tell that. Um, there's one, we talked about, like, the, the music in, in the opera boss fight. There was one place, this game uses music really effectively, and in ways that, um, in ways that really enhance the experience. So, you guys know, we go, you go to the factory late, later in the game yes. uh, to, to meet with the machine cult. And oh my god, the music there. That was, that okay, was, so that was super clever, so right? Great. So these, yes. these machines are chanting, you know, uh, we will become as gods, become as gods, become as gods. And yep. then that becomes part of the, that chanting becomes part of the music. So you hear like, become as gods, become as gods, playing in the background with the music. And oh, yeah. yeah, that is, just talking about like, all Yoko Taro's games have that kind of shit in the music and they're all incredible. Like, um, Drake and God 3, all the bosses are these chicks that sing this song, right? And every single one starts with, like, the chick singing, and then she's just, like, singing one continuous note that starts to break up as, like, she, like, loses breath and everything. And then as it breaks up, that becomes repeated as the beat of the song. And it gets, and like, dubstep. Yeah, pretty much. And it's fucking amazing. And it's, like, because you do it, like, five times, and every time you do it, it does it again, and you're like, shit, that's still amazing. Yeah, there, there's some, and just like the music in general is just so, like it's it complements the action perfectly. Like the music, um, like it's got this sort of roiling, bubbling character when you're about to, uh, when when you're about to enter the flight units at the point of no return, mm -hmm. in in the playthrough, and the and the flooded city, and it's just it pumps you up so well. You're just like hell yeah, I'm gonna do this right now. Um, that was one thing when I was like watching the thing about like seeing who was involved in it and getting anticipated for the game because Nia has like one of the, like the first Nia it has an amazing soundtrack it's one it's so of the good. best soundtracks and 
fucking Metal Gear Revengeance has a completely opposite butt rock dumb metal soundtrack. Hey, it's good it's though. Really oh, it's amazing. <laughs> but what it does, like, it has really amazing dynamic usage of the music that changes based on what stage of the boss fight you are and how the fight is going will ramp up the music and everything with your actions. So the anticipation of seeing those two things together and what it ended up being in the game was just so good. Yeah, so the composer's name, just to give them a shout out, they're Keiji Okabe and Keigo Hoashi. Yeah. Uh, and I think Okabe did music for previous Nier games? Did he? Yeah. Okay. I think they did it for all of the Dragon Guard games as well. I think it's been the same person the entire series. Yeah, so Okabe and Hoashi also worked on Nier uh, along with a couple of other people. Oh, and one other nice thing about the music, how the entire time it had like vocals but they kind of sounded like english or some kind of language but not quite and i, I thought, thought that was japanese it's not japanese it's just gibberish well i know <laughs> okay. it was gibberish but the, it was, i know it was effective gibberish. It's actual language that they made up because it's the same language that they sing in in uh near one uh i forget which is a devil or a popular oh, things in it and it's also a language that runs through uh, thematically in drake and god a lot called angelic and oh, so like, okay. Are, That's are translated versions of those songs with what the lyrics actually are saying. They're not just saying random shit. They're saying stuff. Oh, wow. I did oh, not I know that. Um, there are a couple of songs that are in Japanese and English, uh, which we're not going to spoil yet. I was going to say, yep. yeah. Um, well, actually, do we, we want to move on? I think we've discussed Rude well. fairly thoroughly. Do you guys want to move on to... Spoiling yeah. everything. Yes. Yes. All right. So to introduce this, um, as I'm sure you've gleaned uh, from here on in, there are going to be spoilers for everything. So if you've uh, haven't finished Beyond Route A, uh, now's the time to to check out. Heed that uh, siren. Right. Yeah. Heed that siren right outside my my window. Uh, the the wonders of living near a hospital. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so as I was saying, the game re- requires, it says, multiple playthroughs, mm-hmm. is what a lot of the, the pre-release uh, press said. I think it's a little misleading. It's more like there are multiple routes. So you complete route A, you play route B, which is fairly similar to route A, and you play route C slash D, which is like the sequel. It's like yeah. a completely it different game. You're automatic too. Yeah. Like, yeah. there is se- much in common between near automata and the route c as there is between like saints row 3 and saints row 4 They're yeah different games. i think that's that's the good that's the best that's the best point of comparison you're in more, more or less the same map but you're doing something completely different everything else is different yeah, yeah. even the character like... you're playing oh my god that yeah. yeah when when you go from 2b to a2 it's just like Oh, why? Oh yeah, fucking yeah. playthrough three. Here's your devil trigger. We saved that till your fucking third playthrough. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about let's talk actually talk about Ruby first. So this is the one that's it feels a little bit more like a new game plus, yeah. uh, where you see all the events from 9S's perspective. Uh, so what I thought what I thought was actually really clever, uh, right from the oh. outset. There are the two, the two really clever things. The first is, 
So 9S is making small talk with 2B, and you see that throughout uh, the prologue when you play as 2B in Route A. And when you play in Route B as 9S, you realize he's just making shit up. There's no <laughs> way he could possibly know what he's telling 2B, because he's indoors fighting all these fighting all these machines, while he's describing stuff going on outside that he can't possibly know. And he's just making shit up to make conversation, which I think what is hilarious. What's about that is... When I played through the prologue as 2B, I pictured 9S is just like flying around, just scouting everything, and he's just like bored kind of thing. No, he's in the middle of fighting off fucking waves and waves of enemies as he's just talking random shit. Yeah, like, nowhere near you, and just doing his own I did thing. I not think like, he was fighting anyone while he was saying all that shit. I thought he was just, oh, just flying around, having fun. Doop -doop -doop. Yeah. yeah, like scanning, scanning. <laughs> Yeah, he's not even scanning. He's just making shit up, which is what's great. And then you get to like the first, I think, major mindfuck of this game when you realize. So if you go through the first a, one where the robots are all having sex with each other, what? Okay, so yeah, that that's kind that's of a mindfuck. Mind. That's the first mindfuck, like right there. Like the, I think I missed that. Repeat that. The robots well, all have. Yeah, in the desert, like right when Adam is getting born, like. Oh, that's oh my god! I, yeah, that's robot cunnilingus. Yeah, that's what that I, is. Yeah. I literally never made that connection. I thought they were just like. No. They were. Oh, wait, they so were the second both time, time I thought it looked like that, but I was like, "What?" I, I never consciously. No, oh my god. the robots are. Yeah. That, they're saying love, love, yep. love, and they're trying to bet. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's it's sex and family. So there there scenes of robots trying to like raise other Wild. robots. So there's like yeah. family Wild. robots and there's sex robots. Wild. Yeah, all okay. sort of mixed together. Okay, it's... the reason why I think I, I made that connection because I my mind got stuck on the child scene, the very first one. We see like a robot with like you know doing a little cradle thing, and I was like, oh my god, do they have like robot children or whatever? And my brain was like stuck on that, and then like the giant man got formed from all of them, and I was like, what? So my yeah. brain just went from one to the other without the middle. Okay, who thought when they were all forming up, you were gonna have to fight a giant robot made out of all of them? Yeah. Um. Yeah, me. Me. Yep. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected that they were making an egg to make a beautiful man-child. <laughs> I felt so bad about having to fight Adam, like, that when he got born. Like, I spent seriously, like, a solid minute just wandering around the map trying to find anything else to do except punch him <laughs> in the face. Because How I was like, no, this is going to end in tragedy. Like, there's... Up, up, up. It's so good. Oh, man. Because that's what I did when I first entered the area with, right before that, with, before they were all like, child, child, child. I was like, I'm, can I like, not fight them? I just legit right? was wandering around, and I had to fight back. But Yeah, they, it's, it's, it was one of the, the most bizarre sequences I've ever seen in a video game, for oh, sure. Oh, and it's, it's even funnier, um, because, I mean, I guess you guys probably have achievements, but the achievement for fighting Adam is like, it's a beautiful baby boy! <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah that, is, that is the Steam team. achievement for it. Um, so the mindfuck that I actually was going to talk about was, so after the prologue and before you get to the desert city and meet, uh, and meet the sex robots, uh, really? <laughs> okay, we got to come up with a better name for them. Anyway, I um, think sex robots is a good name for them, honestly. <laughs> so, um, what happens is, uh, 9S tells 2B to go into her configuration settings, which turned out to be your configuration menu. And uh, to mess with your settings to, to make sure that they're all uh, good to go. The brightness. I'm like, why are we doing this after the prologue, Dinah? Yeah. Right. And then because you realize that... Playthrough 2. Yep. That's yeah. why you're doing it. 
So 9S says, yeah, I'm recording this, by the way. And then in playthrough two, he was actually recording it. You, you see, guys through it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you see, like, your exact mouse movements, selecting uh, the exact... Uh, the exact menu options you selected. You see yourself messing around with the brightness. And, like, I tend to pause during cutscenes and stuff, so there's just, like, mine took, like, five minutes to run because I was just, like, (laughs) sitting there probably, like, eating a sandwich (laughs) during it. (laughs) There's, like, five minutes of a blank screen. Nine S's internal monologue reaction to what you say. Like if you said like, "Oh, your voice is very calming and everything," he kind of has has a. Oh little my god, out. I love that! I, I love that, that sure, yeah. so much. It's like, oh my god, yes. Oh, um, speaking of nine X, looking Luke ran really, really, Luke ran back really quick to the dress module, um, which I picked up from a meal shop. If you use it on a meal and on a two, you change their outfits. You know how a meal has like not a meal. Oh my god. Uh, 2B, you know how you use, like, those cargo pants? Yeah. 9S, 9S like, sorry. Um, yeah. Using the dress module on him pretty much makes it just look like he's wearing, like, booty shorts. And so, it basically, oh like, it's just his top. So, it's, like, basically like he's wearing, like, just his top. I mean, you can see he's wearing shorts underneath, but it's just that. And, like, A2, it just take, it just makes her look like she's wearing, like, a two, like a sports bra and pants as opposed to, like, the thing in the middle. But um, well, yeah, I played I through. Spend um, another forty fucking hours in near so that yeah. I can unlock Ninus in booty shorts. God damn yeah, it! Yeah, so I played through um the entirety of Ninus' story in booty shorts. I got an achievement for it an hour in. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. It was great. Oh, That's amazing. Like, I love so how this game. Like this game basically gives you achievements for being pervy, which is yay. I wasn't being pervy. I just like Ninus is wearing pants. Like Ninus two B is wearing pants. Ninus shouldn't get pants either. Nobody gets yeah. pants. That's fair. That is fair. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah, so speaking of 9S, you're playing as 9S in this playthrough, and uh, we were talking about the the Simone boss fight earlier, uh, where you're introduced to the hacking mechanic in Route A, and you think, oh, this is a one-off thing. Nope. Nope. This is basically the entirety of the combat in Route B. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about that is that um, fucking all through the route... uh, all through Route A with 2B, you get hacking modules to plug in, and you're like, what the fuck do these do? Yeah, I only like, got one of them. hacking modules in Route A. Um, no, I, had I got one. It dropping for me until Route B. I think well, I got um, one off, like, a dead enemy. Like, maybe little, off of they a drop, player. They start dropping towards the end of Route A, and you get very few of them, and they drop at a much faster rate in Route B. Devil and Popola sell one of them, I think. Uh, Emil sells some... And, like, you can buy them all through Route A. And you're just like, what? And I was, like, playing, like, I guess I'm going to figure out how to hack as 2B later. And then, like, oh, no, this doesn't count no, until I'm playing it's 9S. character. Oh, yeah. Yep. See, that's the one part I, like, did just, get spoiled, I, I did get spoiled that we were playing as um, 9S in our second playthrough because I was, like, you know, looking up stuff on Steam regarding keyboard and mouse. And someone was like, oh, you know, Route uh, B is going to be impossible for those with the keyboard. I'm like, yeah, fight me. And so, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, that took me a few tries once I had to figure out how exactly I could do the hacking minigame comfortably while still shooting at things. The answer was to remap the fire button to space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You're a trooper. Um, I have to say, though, I don't think 9S's playthrough was as fun. Like, like it was really cool and how it was so different and everything, but I much preferred the actual fighting to the hacking. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd say I, about 
I ended up preferring the hacking after after I got used to it, just because it was so much like when you get good at the hacking mini games, like you can go through them a lot faster and take out enemies a lot quicker than you can, um, you can by just, I just smashing them with a hammer. Like you can get through it a lot. Like it is more effective, no doubt, but it just is also less fun. Like I, like I said, I play a lot of like Bayonetta and all that shit, and I yeah. just really enjoy that style of gameplay. And then like completely removing it from like the second playthrough. It's just like, uh, like I, I even ended up spending most of my 9S playthrough using his melee attacks instead mm-hmm. of hacking because just, eh, fuck it, why not? I mean, his, his melee oh, attack oh, is crazy OP that's too. Not... It's okay. Um, I mean, it's obviously not about... nearly as good as 2Bs or A2s, but uh, I can't imagine punching things to death as 9S. Like, that's just so I just, long. Just kind of backtracking a little bit and everything. Holy shit, the attack animations in this game are some of the best I've ever seen. Yes, they are. Good. they feel good. Right? I remember just sitting in, you know, the big open area in front of the factory? Like, oh, yeah. where you come out and you fight. Like, I just spent, like, about an hour there, like, just watching every single different combo you can do and how each different weapon combination has a different animation for swapping between the moves mid-combo. And, like, the one you get with the fists and the giant sword, which yeah. throws the fist up and then, like, baseball bat swings it. Batter up! And, oh, my God. Like, also, the fact that she misses sometimes. <laughs> what? Just, like, I, know, like, I love that combination, a, yeah. When she does a baseball bat swing, like, every, like maybe one out of every ten times, she completely misses the fist and doesn't, like, just doesn't do the projectile attack, because fuck you, she's not perfect. <laughs> or... The what? fucking, I think it's spear and heavy sword where, like, she throws the yeah, spear. Yeah, puts the spear the on the ground like, and then just spins around it, like, mm-hmm. wielding yeah. the heavy weapon. Well, yeah. In, there is a combo she does with the spear. I think it's the heavy attacks with the spear where, like, she rolls it over her shoulder, it stops, and then she kicks it back up and flips it. And then there's even, she has different animations for putting away the weapons if you idle for too long when you have the weapons out. She has different weapon stances. She have different taunts with the different weapons. Like, if you have the big sword and you do the taunt, she, like, stabs it in behind and just kind of, like, leans back with her arms crossed on it. There are so many, and they're all amazing, and I love it. Yes. The other thing I, I want to note about in, in the same sort of vein is that this game controls really well. Um, like, even, even when me. you're... <laughs> well, yeah, if you're playing... if you're not playing on mouse and keyboard uh it actually controls super well like i i came off playing uh a 3d platformer released earlier this year called poi and it wasn't it did not control very well and going to this i was like this is a an open world action game like it's an open world rpg and it controls better as a platformer than a lot of platformers i've played there is you like to play really shitty platformers so there's that but That's true. No, there I agreed. It's it's a really well low key one of the best features in the game, and that is running is the fastest way to get around in this game. Like if you just hold the dash button and then start running, and you have a couple of run speed up modules, it's the fastest way to move. Because I've just been playing Drake and Guard three, and it reminds me a lot of Neo, where the fastest way to get around in Drake and Guard three is you do your quick dash forward. With the fist weapon equipped, then you can cancel that out to a jump, and then do an air dash, and then do a dive kick, and just keep looping that. And that sounds like a lot of effort, right? It sounds like a huge pain. It's very similar to the fastest way to get around in Nia. The first game was roll, jump, 
air roll, dive with a spear, roll, which like sounds irritating, but you do so much just wandering around in that game that fucking you get good at it. <laughs> riding the moose was fun. <laughs> oh and my god, yes. Especially once you do the two side quests for the guy in the forest who just wants to take care of his animals, you legit right. get like little moose fast travel. Like they're next to all the terminals, they run up next to you. It's like, hey, you want to ride a moose to your next place? Yes. Yes, oh, that one thing, was great. Because you get a boar in Neo 1 that serves the same purpose and everything. One thing they got rid of in this game, which I'm really salty about, you could do, like, Tokyo drifting-style turns with your boar. I heard that was still in the game. I didn't uh, do it with a keyboard, and I have no idea how to, but I heard that it still exists. I haven't tested it. I was just trying to figure out how to do it on the boars in this one, and I couldn't get it to work. Oh, but wow. it was the best in Neo 1 even though you can only use the boar in like one little area. So it wasn't that good. Yeah, here, I, I, I just thought it was great that you could just like straight up ride a moose. Uh, <laughs> and like the great, the great thing about using a moose is that if you, if you enter an area with low level enemies, you could just like bash them around with the moose. It's yeah, the best. Yeah, just charge straight up moose. Right? Up. Level enemies, I was taking out huge things with my moose. Like, you know those weird little bird walker things? Uh-huh. Like the Nazi like, Rexes, yeah. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. did you fight an actual T Rex? Yes. There's, there's one that looks more like T Rexes later. Yeah. There's also like no, there's an actual straight up T Rex in the, the forest. Uh, yep. What? Yeah, I fought him. Yep. Wait, it was, it was I felt like a, I felt like a machine wolf, but I don't remember a T Rex. No, in the forest, in it was in my playthrough three, in where the waterfall yep. is. You jump down, and there's one of those like little two-legged things, but it has like a T-Rex head on and a T-Rex tail, and it breathes fire. Oh my god, no, I did not fight that. <laughs> that yep. is wild. There's that. I know there's the there's like the mechanical deer in the third yeah. playthrough as well. Yeah, that's, that's in the side quest. Mm-hmm. But those are like just. Regular enemies. The the T Rex fire breather is like, basically like a, a boss, like, like it's, a secret boss, extra boss, whatever. I'm gonna go fight that, that is one problem I had with the game that I think like a lot of the times you were fight like if you were fighting an enemy that was a lot stronger than you, it wasn't hard so much as it was time consuming. Like yeah. also we haven't mentioned him, but best character in the game, Father Servo, right? Right. Oh my god, Father Servo. Servo was great. I didn't Servo took forever to fight. Until my, until my second playthrough, just because I was like, I'm not going to find the rest of these ingredients. But I did, like, all the way up to 50 as nine. Oh, see, I, I ended up putting, like, I got him to level 60 um, on my first playthrough. But by the time he was level 60, I was only level, like, 35 or something. And yeah. I was only doing about one to two hit points uh, per punch. Hit. I was like, no, yeah, we're just going to put this I... off until the next playthrough. Yeah, and well, then hacking makes it easy. Yes, yes, so much easier. Well, Same thing with the uh, uh, You know the big giant form? I forget what actually level it is. Like the second last one? Uh-huh. Yep. I got into that, but to the, for the form before that, I fought him for like 30 minutes. Like, yeah, I did that too. I thought about fighting him for however long it would have taken, because I could have beaten him, but I didn't want to waste my time, um, basically. <laughs> The first time I hit that, though, when you get the quest to go find, and you find the, like, robot in the desert that's all covered in blood. Uh-huh. Oh, that, that thing was creepy. Oh, yeah. It was level 30, and I was level 12 when I found it. And it could, like, <laughs> one-shot me. And but it was just kind of, like, just, like, dodging back and forth, dodging back and forth, like, <laughs> holding the machine gun down there. And it took me, like, 15 minutes. And it was like, oh, my 
god, this sucks. Yeah, that's why I like ran into like I, I didn't run into him, but I ran into like level thirty machines all around him, and I was like, well, <laughs> no, I died. I had to like scramble and get my body. Yeah. Yeah, there are lots of places in this game where you can die really quickly if you if you don't know what you're doing or if you meet a, a really high level enemy because it's possible to meet really high level enemies. And I only died signal. twice in that game. Like I was only playing on normal difficulty, um, like Merv. But yeah, like I died twice in the beginning and never again. Like once I got auto heal and offensive heal, it's like, well, I'm immortal now. And, uh, the fact, like, you had mentioned this earlier, Merv, but, like, um, or no, Ben, sorry, um, you had mentioned that the combat's kind of too easy, and it's, like, you can up the difficulty, but it doesn't make enemies much harder, it just takes away so many quality of life, um, things as you increase the difficulty, like, going from normal to hard, like, you can't target enemies anymore, like, and that was the thing that kept me on normal. It's like I like the combat is very fast paced, so losing the ability to lock on to an enemy and just having to manual it is kind of a huge pain in the ass, and it's not worth it. To, yeah, that doesn't seem. So can't even lock on the ranged weapon. No. Oh god, that would. Yeah, make... I literally couldn't play hard mode for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be able to lock on to to enemies to use like stuff like the Gatling gun. Or the laser are just impossible to target otherwise. Laser the is fucking, best weapon. Right. No, no. Fuck you. The whip is the best weapon. The fucking scorpion pull you towards them thing with no cooldown. No, I meant the that... I meant like the pods because you get three pods. Yeah. Yeah. The laser pod is the best pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The laser pod. I had a problem with the range on it because like yeah, the range is wants... the range is too small. That's why I use the Gatling pretty much the entire time. Uh, because the range on that thing is basically infinite. See, I mostly use the pod for, like, just shooting down uh, enemy attacks, and yeah, the laser uh, pod's way better at doing that than the Gatling okay. is. So. On, oh, the laser pod's really good for that, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. on the, like, dying thing, there is one bit I remember I died about, like, 12 times in a row. and what? It was... You know when you were fighting Eve in the at the very last fight when you fight him and he's yeah. like doing a big tornado shit and everything, right? And your sword starts breaking and your gun starts breaking? Uh-huh. And there is the bit where you get stuck in like the slow walk and I could not dodge his fucking shots there. Like just doing like kind of like slow and then I just eat like 30 shots and die and I got so fucking Oh god. That just reminded yeah. me of my loot, the part that I died on most often. Which wasn't very often, but it was the, um, it was, oh god, it was Rootsy, right before, um, the, the, um, 2B, the 2B slow walk sequence, we have to oh. go from the flooded city all the way up, and you can't yeah. jump, or, like, unless you're, like, in, like, one of the places that decides, decides to let you jump, like, <laughs> I died, like, three times there, and then when I was, and then after I completed it, I'd accidentally wandered out of the mission area, as to be got a bad ending, and I was like, "Well, I guess I have to do that again." <laughs> it's oh, really I easy. Was it's I hilarious how easy it is to get some of these endings. Like, um, I got the one of the stupid. One is the best. Macro one is the best. There's the macro one. Okay, so yeah, I guess that's why people ate it all the time. Yeah, there's the one where you like Jackass gives you a. F- By the way, Jackass is the best character. 
Uh, hands down. Jackass Fuck you, Father Servo. Father Servo could take Jackass in a fight, I reckon. Well, yeah. Father Servo dies. There's <laughs> he keeps that. His quest. Jackass <laughs> does not. Jackass die. lives to the end. Yeah. So she wins by default. Uh, so Jackass <laughs> gives you this fish, and then you eat it, and then you die. It tells you to save. It, it's pretty much like, yeah, you're gonna die. Save beforehand. I mean. It does, but yeah, I did, it basically warns like, you. I didn't process when I did it, like at first, <laughs> and I think I lost like half hour of playthrough because of that. It's like, god damn it! The oh. other, oh, the other <laughs> joke endings. We were talking about endings where you where you run out of bounds and then get an ending. Mm-hmm. So there's the one in the pr- in the prologue of Route B, where uh, you know, you right after night. Flight suit. Sorry. If you don't get in your flight suit as night yes. S. And you just yeah. down. What the fuck are you doing, Linus? We told you to get in the flight suit. Credits roll. Nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the <laughs> thing is, I didn't know where the flight suit was. So I did this wrong twice. <laughs> so I had to go through the stupid machine hopping sequence before that three Can times. Can we talk about the machine hopping sequence, though? It because, was cute, though. oh my it god, was it was so adorable and a little bit heartbreaking because, Mother. like, you have to maneuver around these, like, like the yeah, pipes. exactly. And you can't jump oh. either because that causes it to spill too. And you're like, no! Oh, you I had to do that twice because I died in, in one of the shooting sequences when I was still figuring out my controls. <laughs> so cute, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, fucking, the fact that you trip in this game and, like, the characters stumble over shit and everything is so cool. Yep. I did like it, yeah. Yeah, that's why I have to be careful not to <laughs> run over certain surfaces. The I don't think I've ever seen a game that does that before. Like, never. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, other, other than Super Smash Brothers I Brawl, not a lot of others. tripping in video games. <laughs> yeah, for all the running people do, it's like, eh, they've got really good footing. Yeah. Yeah. Funny um, that the superhuman androids are the only people in games that trip. <laughs> Because of the heels. That's true. Um, I will say, though, that uh, the androids are basically humans in this game. They're basically the human stand-ins. Everyone's human, except not human. And that is one of the things... So we can spoil the rest of the games now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fucking... The fact that humans don't exist and uh, they're not on the moon and everything... The fact that that's treated as a reveal, even though that's the plot twist in Neo, the first game, fucking did my head in. Like, <laughs> it's funny because I, I was like, I was, I was sitting there, I was like, let's go like, oh, for the glory of mankind. So they're going, um, didn't Neo imply they're all going to die anyway? All right, whatever, let's go. Yeah, like, they're all like, for the glory of mankind. I'm like, Neo just said they're all dead. They're on humans left. They haven't been humans for thousands of years. What the fuck? Yeah. So, as like as somebody who who's only sort of read lore summaries and didn't uh, and didn't like read that part of the lore summary, that that was a big twist for me. Yeah, same here. Like, if you're yeah, if you haven't been playing through the series, like you have no idea that um, like about Humanity's the shades actually... and gestalt or whatever. So, I called it like I figured like. I think halfway through my second playthrough, um, I was like, yeah, humanity is probably not there. They're probably all dead. But um, yeah, then when they actually like revealed, oh yeah, by the way, humanity is not on the moon. They're just extinct. It's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. But during, like, the full fucking out connects to the other games, there is some shit in this game, and I don't understand it properly, but there is some shit. Okay, so in Drakengard 1, right, the main enemies you're fighting are the Cult of the Watchers. They're like this cult, and they are summoning grotesqueries, which are also called angels, depending on what the translation says, which gets really confusing. But, um... So, their, lo their logo is this, like, two faces superimposed over each other, so the left and right eye meet up, so it looks like a face with three eyes. Oh, um, yeah. That is a tattoo on Eve's chest. Like, when he gets all the tattoos, he has that symbol tattooed on his chest. One of the things the Cult of the Watchers do is they brainwash people so their eyes go glowing red and they go evil and start killing everyone. Which is the logic virus that fucking Eve and Adam unleash. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know how the fuck that works. But then there is also a thing. There are people called intoners that are like gods in the Drakengard universe. And when they die, they kind of like re get reborn out of themselves. And when you see uh, Zero, the intoner that you play as in Drakengard 3, when she dies, the animation of her getting reborn is basically identical to Eve coming out of Adam when you kill them. Not to mention the fact that the Adam looks like a female Zero. So I don't understand how it all connects, but there's some shit going down. Also, the fact Drakengard is a medieval fantasy world. It has elves and trolls and dragons, obviously, and all that shit. Drakengard 3 is the prequel to Drakengard, where you end up in the final level of Drakengard 3, and it is a ruined modern city. It is very similar to the area you play as in Near Automata. Like, there are freeways collapsed, there are, like, skyscrapers toppled on top of each other, and... I don't well, isn't get, one of I, the endings in Drakengard 3 where you and your dragon get transported to, like, modern day... Yeah. Um, that's ending here. That's ending E. That's what spawned <laughs> off in your timeline. It's canon. That is God 1, not Drakengard 3, where you end up turning, going into Tokyo. And the only thing I can... Because there is also... You know how you get the weapon stories, which are awesome, by the way, and we haven't mentioned? Mm -hmm. I love um, the weapon oh, stories. Yeah. my favorite part. Right. The... Yeah. What there is, I don't think they ever say it in Nier Automata, but what they say in... I think it is Nier, that they're the stories of the people that used to own the weapons, Right. Like that no, is that's, the yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, that's always pretty clear. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are weapons you get in Drakengard Three, which is the very earliest game in the timeline, that are telling stories of shit that goes down in the first Nier. So the only thing I can think of is that it's like some kind of time loop. I mean, don't, I don't think know. too hard about it. Like it could just be like references. Too late. But it, it's fun to think My about. brain just melted. Oh, and the thing. The other thing is that language that the um, boss's names are written in. That, and like, that's on, like, the boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're playing as 2B and you can't read and everything. That is angelic, which is the names that... Which is the language of the grotesqueries slash angels from Drakengard and is all through that game. Right, so correct me if I'm wrong. Near and Nier and uh, Drakengard are set in alternate universes from each other, right? Yes, but then... At the end of Drakengard 1, the protagonist and his dragon crash through to, quote, our universe, which yeah. forms the near timeline. Right. Yeah, so, 
So maybe it's one of those things where stuff gets like all these alternate universe stories, like one universe is like the other, but with some slight changes, it might be something like these things are just commonalities across universes. Sorry. There is, there should be a point. Drakengard is explicitly our universe that is split off from our timeline. They, there is like the birth of Jesus and all that happened in Drakengard. And but shit went sideways in Dragon God's universe. That's the summary um, of that's the summary of this entire series. Shit went sideways. <laughs> just a bit. Time loops are a core <laughs> plot point in Dragon God Three. The entire game is about time loops, so that is what put the idea of time loops into my head. So the only thing I can think of is when you get teleported to Tokyo in Dragon God One. My theory is you don't get teleported to Tokyo. You get teleported back in time before the Dragon God universe started and caused the apocalypse that led to the fantasy world to take over the apocalypse, etc., 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 and it's a weird time loop. That's my bullshit But then theory. where would humanity come from? Where, where are the humans? Are the humanity is the final form of the evolution of the androids as they've gotten more and more human and followed human history, and etc., etc., etc. I can sort it's of see that. They I mean, the other possibility is that, like, at the end of Route is it C or D? I forget which one. You send the DNA evidence to uh, the uh, DNA data to the moon. It's D. It's D. Right. So maybe maybe humans get reconstituted from that DNA. No, you don't data. send them to the moon. Um, you send them out into space. Yes. Yeah. It is right so into the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. So that what might be happening is that um, each of these it's like a time loop, but on different planets. So you set you we we fuck up one Earth, and then we find another. Terra Nova somewhere else, and we fuck up that Earth, and then go through the timeline. And then we fuck, and then we find another Earth. We fuck up that Earth over and over and over again. Oh, question for y'all: uh, yeah. Which ending did you get first, C or D? Who'd you pick in the final fight? I had to go with Best Boy Nine S. Okay, J Two Nine S. What about you? I also picked Nine S because I thought I, I thought one should take the angry ending before taking the slightly less angry ending. Oh, interesting. So we are split down the middle because I did A two just because I wanted to kick Nine S's face in right then, and um, so I was <laughs> getting the. Uh, no, I like Nine. Cool. I like Nine S, but I kind of wanted to punch his face in at that very moment. And I um, just want he yeah. he just needed hugs though. Yeah. <laughs> and Zach weirdly, wants okay. to hug Nine S. And weirdly I mean, we enough, like, that's all. Yeah. Definitely well, nothing. Ruder or looter. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Just want to protect Just him. Pure chaste hugging. That's all that would be involved. With, yep. With well, no judging by Adam, they don't have the thought to do anything. They might. You never know. I mean, they they, they care about love and romance. Clearly, like yeah. there's this one scene where we're in Route A, where Six O is devastated that the other operator she asked out didn't want to go out with her. Right. Two B has to comfort her. And yeah. I thought and that was adorable. just like andro- emotions are prohibited, and you're like, God, you're a bitch to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is a nice thing that uh, everyone died in ending D. I actually, I did not expect it to be like hope as hopeful as I found it because you know it's like, oh, we're gonna shoot them into space, and you know it's, we're gonna try that again, right? And I was yeah, like, oh, and then Adam like is like, hey, you want to come with us? And it's like, oh. Do I want to come with you? Like yeah. I spent the whole game trying to murder everyone that you stand for, and it's like, and you're just offering me on on your spaceship, huh? So of course I said yes, 
and we and Adam, Eve, and I went off to have uh, sexy space adventures. Pretty much. <laughs> I just want to uh, point out if you've played all the Dragon Guard games and the games and everything, and then you get to this one and you didn't listen to the fucking joke Japanese-only audio CD that mentioned fucking aliens exist, that comes so out of left field. Like, oh, they're aliens. Oh, they're dead. What? Right? Yeah. Audio CD that is about a real (laughs) fight off the alien invasion. And, like, it's... Oh, yeah, by the way, that's canon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, panic. and also that's why all the robots look like a meal, which doesn't get brought up at all in the game. Wait, and you just really, like, that's why they all have round heads. Yeah, because yeah, because Emil is the first thing the aliens saw when they came to Earth, and oh my god, like oh, yes, this is what like Earth people look like. So they based all the robots on a meal, and that's why they all fucking look like him because of this dumb Japanese-only like audio CD about him fighting. Off an alien invasion. I had no idea that's why they looked like that. I didn't realize, like, I didn't put two and two together that, oh, yeah, all the machines look like a meal. Like, I just thought they looked like machines. And it's like, oh, wait, no, now that you mention it, they do look exactly like a meal. I just thought Yoko Taro, I just thought Yoko Taro wanted to make a lot of things look like his creepy mask. I didn't know that there was actually a reason for any of this. Yeah. Um, crazy theory time. The aliens are actually the humans from the other time loop, and uh, they <laughs> <laughs> that that they sent down the machines to invade other machines. It's like Planet of the Apes, but not. I, d- I um, did kind of think before we saw the aliens that I'm like, okay, so are the aliens going to be humanity in this situation or what? Did you guys? We all never get the find alien out. Mask? What? Did you guys all get the alien mask? Yeah. Yes. I Can't don't recall. Again. You do it by finishing the side quest or you give money to the scientist guy. Oh, yeah. I finished that side quest. I don't think I... I forget what it looks like. It's like a weird fucking alien mask. But um, I loved how just this dumb, stupid side quest to give this guy money completely changes the landscape of the game because that fucking tower is everywhere. Oh, I know, right? And it stays there, yeah. 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 And I didn't expect that. Um. Okay, so side quest questions. I did all the side quests except for the freaking... Race, race side quest. Right. Yeah. I got two levels of that. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not I could never beat the third level of that fucking race mission. I couldn't even beat I'm, the second level. I'm like, I'm done. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I also didn't beat that the speed I had, one. Like, all the fucking um speed improvements and just had like the entire yeah. was just I can run faster than God. Bring it, motherfucker. <laughs> you pretty much need to have all those item boosts because I didn't have any speed boosts and it's like, by the third race it's like, nope, you cannot beat him unless you mod yourself. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I don't care enough about it to do that then. So. Yeah, so that was, uh, there are two side quests I didn't complete. That one <laughs> and the one with Emil's memories because I think the game glitched on me and I couldn't find the fourth flower. Oh, mine actually glitched on me, I, I think, because I died so I got to use the same flower twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it glitched in your favor. Yeah, um, I never found the one in the desert, but yeah, there, n- was neither one, not. there was one in the flooded flooded place. I found that afterwards. Uh, okay. Thing. It's right by like where you launch, go out for the missile place. Because I remember because I was fishing and I was like, hey, look at the Lunar Tear. What's up? <laughs> yep. Oh, so is that what those Lunar Tears were for? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Didn't, you didn't do yeah. that side quest? I, I missed a whole bunch of side quests, sorry. Because okay. I deleted my save file. Um. <laughs> So but like, yeah, I was like spending the entire game like, what the fuck is the Lunar Tears here for? Because 
that's a big deal that they're everywhere. Yeah, also, I am so confused. Why the fuck is this game called Nier? Because it's a sequel? Yes. That's Nier why. Nier was the main character from the first game, and he never existed. That is the whole point of the ending of the game. It's branding. You can't argue with branding. Basically. They changed the game name once when they shit went down and dragons weren't relevant. Yeah. I guess you could call it like... I mean, there's probably somebody on the internet who calls this Drakengard 5, right? No, they would be fucking weeb enough that they would call it Dragon Dragoon 5. Oh yeah, that is true. That is definitely true. Awful name, by the way. I'm sorry, I love you, Yoko Taro, but that name sucks. (laughs) Oh, okay, so side quest-wise, I had... I mean, there were a lot that were pretty good. Like, I remember getting kind of emotionally attached to the one that was like... I had like finding the sister in the desert because I have sisters, and I was like, I have to find the sister. Oh my god, how adorable right. is that? Asking where babies come from, right? Yeah. And then 9S gets all stammery, and then 2B uh, is just like laughing at 9S. It's so 9S is so easily flustered. I love it. And then it. I like, I just like stuck the little sister's pink bow on just 2B's Everyone? head. Everyone, I kept it. Oh, oh I, I, used, I kept the blue bow because I put the he blue looks bow on. adorable with the pink bows. <laughs> yes. I put an, I put an, I put the email, I put the little email mask I got on Anas's head. It's not like a full mask, it's like a part mask. Just... Nice. I had that in the Lunar Tier for, um... Like fucking, um, oh, what is it called? The Pacifist City? Pascal's Village. Um, yeah. And they're eaten by the fucking zombie ones in A2's playthrough, and you see oh. the sisters getting eaten, and oh, oh my god. I didn't see them getting eaten, I just assumed they were, and I was like, no! <laughs> Big sister with the pink bow is down there getting fucking eaten, and it broke my heart. Yeah, yep. that. The you worst know, part of that, like, because I, I figured that was gonna happen. The worst part of that was afterwards, if you um wipe Pascal's memory, if she's selling the cores of the children. I'm like, no. I just like, I just like yep. stopped, and, like, put my head over my mouth. I'm like, I, I can't. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the worst part of that is? Jean Paul is the only machine from that. Sorry, go ahead. The bit where she takes over the fucking Goliath and you get to, like, just stomp through the ocean as the Goliath is Pascal is the coolest shit in that game. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this game fucking turned to Pacific Rim for a second, and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, and then you get back and it's like, oh, all of his children are oh, dead. Wait, and you're like, oh, wait, there is Oh, that was yep. so bad. I was like, oh my god, no. Like, I, was like, I was like, okay, they're probably gonna be dead. Oh no, oh no. No, they yeah, killed no, themselves. They like, killed no. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know they're dead. It's just, how did they die? Oh, suicide. Like, just, they all fucking Jonestown themselves. Like, Yeah, the, sa- the saddest part is that the only machine from that village who survives is Jean-Paul. No, 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 the lock-in kid, the shut-in kid survived if you did the side quest, because he's still yes. in his room. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. You can't I open the lock. I accidentally killed him. Oh, you! Oh. I walked onto something and was like, "Oh, what's going?" And I just hit attack, and then there was an explosion from inside that building, and I'm just, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Actually, you know what's you know what's funny about that? If you fast travel and go back to the village, you'll be alive. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently they just resurrect themselves. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's actually, we were talking about the, the kids murdering themselves. This actually gets into one of the things I wanted to talk about the game thematically. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> there was a lot of suicide in this game. There was. 
Um, but the interesting thing here is that so throughout the first playthrough, you see all these all these different groups of machines taking different aspects of human society and trying to construct an entire society based around that. And most of them fail, right? So you see, like, the 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 society that's built entirely around religion fails because it basically turns into a cult. And, uh, yeah, the desert yep. society doesn't really understand how love and sex work, so they make a, a crazy pod baby, and that doesn't turn out great for them either. Um, but you think, you know, Pascal's village... Well... In in the in the sex robots defense, um, they only make Adam and Eve because you come in and fuck up their shit. Like I think they would have been just fine boning forever um, if you hadn't, you know, started killing them. Fair enough. Um, but like, actually, why does it go wrong? Are kind of your fault. If right. You think about it. It's the near tradition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. That's actually the other thing. But before we get to to you know, causing things to go wrong. Uh, What I thought was really interesting here is that um, you think Pascal's village has, you know, more or less figured things out. You know, they're, they care about science and, and philosophy and all this great intellectual stuff. And they're going to build a peaceful society. And then you realized they're completely unequipped to deal with conflict Mm -hmm. because they built all their entire society around intellectualism and, and pacifism. And, they have no idea how to deal with outside conflict when it comes. Uh, so it just goes to show you that if you take any like single aspect of human society and try to replicate it and build a society around that, it doesn't work. Did you do the – Did you? I take it you didn't complete the side quest where you gathered information for Pascal because if you I do believe that, I did. Um, well, there's – there's um, Two endings. Well – what was that? I said there's two, two potential en- endings in the side quest, but you can you can try to give nuclear fission data to Pascal. Yep. Yes. Exactly. And he will refuse it because he doesn't want um, his village to have the ability to defend itself. Like that is a conscious choice on Pascal's part um, to like live out his ideals. And by God, if he's going to die because of them, then so be it. Um, and- Right, but he ends up taking his whole village down with him. True. And the kids are unequipped to deal with fear. Yes. Right. There is that. Um, although, so there, if you, when you go to, to, to Route C slash D, and, you know, once all the kids are dead, you have three choices. You can either erase Pascal's memories or, or kill Pascal. The other thing you can do is you can just walk out the door. Yep. Which is what I did. That I think that's the best choice, just because it's like, yeah, no, you gotta learn from this shit, buddy. So, but you gotta erase Pascal's memories to get one of those sweet weapons. By sweet <laughs> oh, weapons, really? I mean the heads of the dead children. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. You know, I honestly can't it. tell if you're joking. Have I am you not this joking. Game? I am not joking. You can you can buy up. Um, Mind White Pascal starts a store where mm-hmm. they sell machine parts because, like, I found these. I don't know what they're used for. So Pascal's effectively, you know, selling yeah. you the scattered parts of their village and children and yep. you can buy like children's cores you can buy the cores of the children to sell mm-hmm. for more money and you can buy a weapon called machine heads which are oh. exactly what it sounds like oh, uh, the weapon story for that is from the perspective of the weapon of the kids 
that is, that is so dark. I thought what I did was dark. Terrible. No, yeah, uh-huh. I thought I thought leaving yeah. Pascal to stew in his own in nope. his own nope. it's even uh, worse. despair was yeah was yeah. horrible. <laughs> oh lord! Yeah. I did not know it could get that bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Yoko Taro game. It always gets worse. Oh yeah, I mean, come on! It's like that's I'm, I'm sitting there, like you know, when I was first doing side quests, I'm like, okay, okay, you know, I know this is probably going to be some side quest then badly or you know whatever because Yoko Taro. But then I forgot exactly how that emotional impact worked from stuff like the, um, you know, like the wandering couple. Did you guys do that side quest? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was dark. Amazing. Like, oh shit! Like, this is not her first rodeo with this guy. Like, oh yeah. no, I mind wipe him all the time. Like, this time I'm gonna make him, you know, a little bit better at dealing with this type of shit. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, it's interesting. Crap. And the interesting thing is that it parallels the relationship between Two B and Nine S. Mm-hmm. And that Two yeah. B is just like constantly killing and and reviving Nine S with some portion of his memory erased. Yeah. The other it, one that kind of got me was the um. Okay, besides the one where the person's like, I'm going to take revenge against the robot, and then they never seen it again. Um, did you guys see the forest <laughs> treasure? Even though I had to look up where it was. It's like I the think treasure so. of the forest. Uh, yes. yes, 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 yes. That one, where the quest giver was like, oh yeah, I hated the forest kingdom. Fuck yeah, them. Fuck they deserve right? it. Yeah. You're like, like, holy shit. Jesus. Okay. Remind me not to fuck with you then. <laughs> right? I mean, that I mean, that kingdom fuck. kind of had it coming. They, I mean, their society... Yeah, they they essentially like kidnapped a robot and then started worshiping him as their king. They didn't kidnap him. He they didn't kidnap like, him. It was like he was the king, and then they were yeah, like, "Let's let's, let's the put king. his." He died. They put his yeah. mind into a body, but then they were like, "Hey, why isn't this body aging? How do children work? I don't really know." Oh, we're too dumb what to. They literally say we're too dumb to dumb figure to... this out. It's but he's cute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then A2 murders him. Murders him. You're like, oh, well. Little baby Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Well, A2 that... murders basically everything. First time I played Shit. through like, I played through A, I found a bunch of those fucking um, like, parts that you're collecting, mm-hmm. but I hadn't found the quest. So there's just all these chests that you can open, and they're like, oh, these are robot parts. I don't need this. And I'm just like, what is going to happen that I need robot parts? Am right? I going to play robot? <laughs> well, there's that brief you moment do where playing you a robot later. As pa- yeah, where you're playing as Pascal for like 30 seconds and like, oh shit! And then, no. It was a great fake out. And then, the start of playthrough B, where you start as that little robot, I'm like, oh what? my yeah. fucking god. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, playing as 9S. That's still pretty cool. But right. you, when you're as 9S, you can hijack robots, right? Yeah. And you can essentially play as a bunch of different robots, which I think is also, really cool. Wow, that's one of the most underused skills in the game, because you can only hijack the fucking passive ones, and by that point, they're all really aggro at you. Like, I felt like You have that- to sneak up on them. You have yeah. to do it from behind. You can get it done. Like, there, there are videos of people on... Like, you can hijack literally any robot in the game, provided you, you sneak up on it. Oh, yeah. Um, there are... There are videos on YouTube of people hijacking like the big Goliath, not like Goliaths. They can't be hijacked, but some of the bigger ones. Oh, no, they yeah, just like run around stopping shit. Like, like the- blow itself up. Nice. Pardon me. The oh, ones that like, yeah, like lean over and give birth, like rocket propel babies out of, like, oh my, yeah, that whole giving birth visual imagery is through this game in a lot as well. Like, there's 
the big robots that like bend over and shoot babies out of their crotch. Which, what are you talking I about? I don't really know. Cute robot with the big fists. Yeah, I fought lots of those things. Yeah, they have a move where they they, like, they poop babies. What? And shoot babies out of their crotch, and they I've shoot, never like, seen them do that. Yeah. Can. <laughs> what? Oh my god. But also, the fucking um snake thing that comes out of the opera robot's crotch and like oh, when yeah. that animation there's like all the oil and everything burst out like a water breaking I somehow like literally did not see any of this but I believe you I remember there's, there's, a, a, there's a lot uh, of visual imagery of, of birth yeah like, sorry what snake the, monster um, you know the, the op- that's talking about I know, I know the like, snake monster you're talking about yeah yeah, when it actually comes out, because you can go through your robot thing and just play all the different animations and watch them. Oh, that's how you saw it. Okay, that makes sense. I did that obsessively because I'm the kind of person that spent an hour just watching all the combat animations. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's like all the like viscera and like oil and shit that comes out when that snake monster comes out, which looks very similar to fucking like it's like a water breaking. There is the whole thing with Adam getting born. There is so much like birth imagery in this game, which is not something games usually do. Yeah, she's so like, oh look, here's Boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is the game that definitely um, definitely does some things that you wouldn't normally expect a game to do. Um, and it kind of I mean, it stands on its own as just a piece of media telling a story, but it also does some interesting things um, with regards to the medium. And and the way it, it sort of messes with expectations. Oh my like, god! The very end, yeah. Exactly. Where it's exactly. Like, that's, uh, that's addressing you, the player, directly. It's like, hey, yeah, player. It's... So, what did you think? Did well, you? Yeah. Like, do you think games are just still silly little things? No, that like, was after it was like, are you satisfied with this ending? I'm like, right. No. <laughs> hey, can we can we rewind a bit before here when you? <laughs> credits and then you get the little ship and you have to fight the fucking credits oh my god that yeah. was wild yeah because i like i did that at like 2am like, yeah and you i'm like die finally i can physically fight Toradix. <laughs> right yeah yeah you're like blasting Jesus. yosuke saito mm-hmm. and then like the message coming up from other players like you can do it i believe in you and i'm like i was like, getting ah, like, i can't handle the feels i know yeah. i was getting so emotional i was like because, like, I yeah, first saw it, like, from, like, the developers. But then I'm like, wait, no. There's people from America, too. What is going on? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize... Square Enix. And they all come out to help me. And then yeah. everyone that's playing the game is helping me get... And I'm... I had, like, tears welling up in my eyes. It's getting so emotional. Oh, yeah. At the credit sequence. And, yeah. like, the music was playing. And it was, like, all the versions together. And they were singing. And you're like... <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Everything that helped you literally sacrificed their entire save file so they could be there to help you. Right, like and, a dude named Ace. Yep. Like, hook me up. Thanks, Ace, whoever you are. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Then, like, it's, like, it's like the ending of Undertale on steroids. That's what I with characterize it as. And deleting save files. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I was, because like I remember the first year, I'm like, okay, the other nutrition deleting safe files. How are they going to try to make me delete my safe? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's how. With yeah. The best, best Emotional possible. guilt. Emotional yeah. guilt. Like, yeah, I want to help people. Yeah, sure, I got help. I want to pay it for it. Oh, it's two a.m. I can't delete my safe file. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely I'm gonna, gonna like, go. Yeah. I'm. I'm serious. I'm gonna go back and do that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I am too. But um. 
Yeah, but I no, can, that, that I did a really good job that. with like the emotions and just like you know, because like you know, the constant seeing where other people died and you know, getting helped by that, and then you know, like gameplay wise, and also like, oh shit, people died here. But uh, no, just like the constant sense of connection, like uh, with other people as you played the game, I thought that helped it too. Mm-hmm. And I love and- the fact that when you play as a2 in playthrough three and she's not connected to the network all that stuff cuts off yeah did you notice that like when you're playing as a2 like all the chests and stuff are like old school like fantasy style treasure chests i think it might have been a weapon you had equipped bro it might oh yes it might have been yeah now that you mentioned it it's a weapon thing (laughs) yep okay the a whole um, finding chest that I couldn't open until I played as uh, 9S. I was like, crap, where'd you guys go? Right. <laughs> okay, does anyone know what the fuck you do with those doors that have the robots begging out the front of them and then they kill themselves and won't let you Apparently in? Apparently nothing. Like, I, I, found yeah. them, I, found just... them, I found them in my first playthrough and I was like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be something I can't access until a later playthrough. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Haha, you know, I'm going to keep this in mind for later. It's almost, it's all but confirmed that it's just trolling. Oh, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's still like, it's like, dear sir or madam, I am so sorry, you cannot enter here right now. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me explode myself to justify, like, to pay it off for you. Yeah, because yeah. there are like three, there are three of them. So I was like, oh, you know. Peter, I only ever found one of them. I found the one in the flooded city. There's one, I thought the- one behind a waterfall in the forest was the other one I found. I don't yeah, there's flooded city, forest, and one out in the desert. Okay, okay yeah. I didn't I never roam around the desert all that one, much. But I found the other two. Yeah, the first one was the first one I found. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of moments in this game where I was so just like, you like what? the fucking um, Forest Blacksmith? Yes. Oh, yeah. I did. That's I did. how you can upgrade. That's how you upgrade weapons to max level. Yep. Yeah. Um, he sends you on a quest to find shrines or something? I never did that. Is that something? It's not really it's... a quest, side quest. It's no, just like some of the... No. Yeah, yeah. That, like um, some of the weapons are in quote shrine-looking places. Like there's the one spear you can get from one of the sewer exits. There's another one out in the desert, like in that one place I had to go to find Jackass, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's not an actual side quest. Yeah. Um, because I thought yeah, that might tied into those fucking doors, but I never actually explored it. Nope, didn't yeah. tie into nothing. Nothing has anything to do with the doors. <laughs> nope. The doors are just trolling. Just there because um, like you, that's why. one theory is that. It was in the on um, on the very small possibility that they got the opportunity to make DLC. It would be part of the DLC, probably. Um, but they probably won't have be able to make that much DLC. So it is knows? a mystery for now of four eight twenty seventeen. <laughs> he couldn't well, be dated. DLC in Near One was like it did end up getting DLC, and it was garbage. It was like. I think it was just like a combat room and some cool gear. Uh, that was it. Like an arena fighter. Oh, those are no fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Although the DLC for Drakengard three is a bunch of prequels, like camp, like mini campaigns with different playable characters. So hopefully it's more like that. Yeah, I mean they, they didn't originally even have DLC in the budget, but it's become a possibility since it it completely surpassed expectations for sales. Speaking of it completely surpassing expectations for sales and everything, so there is... It only occurred to me when I started playing Drakengard 3 of Platinum were making Scalebound. Scalebound got cancelled. They lost all the IP rights to Scalebound, but still have all the technology development. They now have a relationship with Yoko Taro, who makes a series of games 
about people running around with fucking dragons. If Scalebound turns into Drakengard 4, I will lose my fucking mind. I think you're going to be able to keep your mind, man, but, you know, putting that out there. You I never know. Hope. You never know. I just want, I mean, I don't care even if it's a completely new IP. I want Yoko Taro and Platinum Games to keep working together. Yeah, because it it's a good relationship. It's got decent combat for once. Woo! Right? Yeah. Like, I don't even care if... Yoko Taro about working with fucking Platinum, though? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, you didn't. You don't think it's a match that would work, but it works perfectly well, surprisingly. And honestly, it's nice to not be ranked for once. I like Platinum Games, don't get me wrong, but it's nice to be like, oh, good, I don't have to worry about rank. Not that I worry about rank, but, you know. Because <laughs> um, he used to work with... Is it Kavia? Kavia? Yeah. yeah, Kavia. There was an interview with him about working with Platinum because he hated working with Kavia. <laughs> there was a thing I remember him saying where the people making Nia refused to design the characters in a way that he wanted them to look. So he wrote fake character bios to give to the character designers so they would design the characters that he wanted them to look like <laughs> that didn't act like that, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. the whole thing with like the characters surpassing ex like subverting expectations on their uh-huh. designs. Like Kanye in the outfit, yeah. Kanye. By the Kanye. way, it's Ka- you know what? You know what? It's Kanye. Yeah, it's, it's Kanye. Kanye. Sure. <laughs> he too felt Kanye like a poor sal- man. Kanye salvation, the best track. Ha. <laughs> too felt like a poor man's version of Kanye to me. Kanye is the fucking best. Um, but yeah, his quote on working with Platinum was something along the lines of, it's great, I no longer have to fight them like making everything now, which leaves me a lot of time to just get really, really drunk, and I make better games when I'm drunk, so <laughs> you'll all get a better game. Yeah, I mean, I mean he was asking, when he was being more serious when he was, when he was prompted, he's basically saying, yeah, I could be fairly hands-off with this. I'd show them my ideas, they'd show me ideas, and it, and it turned out to be a very, like, we were on the same wavelength, which I think was important yeah. for and, the game turning out the way it did. And he actually well, gave us a happy ending. Yeah, right? that is the yeah. most shocking thing. Like, even, honestly, even, like, without ending E, I got a hopeful sense in me. Ending E was just like, I can't believe they don't hate me. <laughs> See, like, I had, because I had done ending D first, like, uh-huh. I had put the game off for a little while until getting D, and it was a hell of a bummer. Like even even though they end up going to space and um, all of that, it's it's still like the last thing, like the last visuals that you see are nine S and A two running each other through and bleeding out on the floor. And it's like, oh well, that's great. Arioko. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the lead up to that to that ending is just it's one of the most incredible sequences I've ever had it, in a video game. We're just switching back and forth in the perspectives. Right? Oh and my god, yeah. The that they did in that is, when you fight A2 as 9S, it's a completely different structured fight to when you fight 9S as A2. Like, when you're fighting A2, it's a recreation of the 2D fight from the Forest Temple, whereas when you fight yeah. 9S, it's a complete 3D thing where you're fighting against his hacking. They're completely yeah. different structurally for the exact same fight. Yeah, and even even the part before that where you're fighting uh where you're fighting the the like the dual robot, I forget the name. It's the two like the, merged the walking thing. dudes. Yeah, the spider thing. Um so th- 
the way it keeps switching first back and forth between the bullet hell and the and the hack and the hack and slash and it all comes together and and the camera just keeps jumping back and forth between uh 9s and a2 faster and faster and faster until you finally kill it mm-hmm. that was one of, that is one of the most memorable boss fights or sequences i've ever had that in a video a game where yeah the reason i deleted my save file as soon as i did is because when my wife got home after i beat the a2 fight i'm like michelle sit down you have to watch this fucking boss fight to show her that bit <laughs> And then I did the other running. It's like, oh, I'm deleting my save file now. Okay, bye. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things this game does really well is, like, the perspective switching where it messes around with the camera. And doing that in an open world game, no less, is an impressive technical feat that this game doesn't get enough credit for. Oh, oh that reminds me. Did any, you guys, did any of you guys try the drugs? Yes, I did once. The e-drug? Me too. Yeah. It was fun because for I don't know what it did for you, but for me it made it look like it was on like an old like CRT TV with like like you're playing on an old like curved screen TV with like the graphics all pixelated. Yep. It was that fun. is I was what like, happened when um you know the very beginning of playthrough three when you're playing as two B in like the cool combat suit. Yeah. Like that is what kept on happening to me when I got hacked. Is that effect, and I'm really? like have to do that entire fight with that effect on my screen and unable to jump. Oh no. Oh, it gets worse. Like it can like you can get like an entirely like basically green screen where you can just see the outlines of 9S and and 2B. Like it it get, it, get, it can get fucked if you keep getting hacked. Oh my god. Yeah, I never got hacked that on I never got successfully hacked that many times, so I didn't know. Yeah, I got super hacked in I got, but I still managed not to die somehow. I got to the point where I'm just like, I just want to see what happens. So I'm just like, send else, hack me. Yeah, I think I got hacked once um, as A2, and it wrecked my day. Fortunately, that's the one time in the fucking whole fucking game that those cure-all statuses come into effect. Yeah. So you just pop one of those, like, and you're like, okay, I'm good is, now. There is a on your character bio for the entire game, which has, like, um, errors, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything until playthrough 3 when you start getting hacked. Yep. I was, I was like, playing through playthrough 1 and 2, like, what the fuck is that? What is this going to be? It's going to be something. It has to be something. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't something. <laughs> right, and you don't find out until, like, 36 hours in yeah. what the hell that's all about. Oh, so we'll <laughs> yeah. go back to the um, creepy cult place, the We Shall Be As Gods part of the yeah. abandoned factory in, like, Route 3 or whatever? No, never. Because you, you, you can unlock the terminals if you get to them manually. Yeah. In case you want to fast travel, because there's some stuff back there. There's, like, I found a weapon and, like, some intel or whatever. There's also, like, dick enemies. It's, like, they just decided to drop all the little suicide bombers on you at once. Uh, the suicide bombers also, are the worst. Also, it's still worst, entirely though. in the dark, so it's wild. Oh, <laughs> fun! Yeah, yeah. Flashlight your way through that. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So, in the last couple of minutes, is there anything else you guys want? I mean, there's so much we could talk about this game. Is there oh, anything know, you guys right? absolutely want to mention in the last couple of minutes? The soundtrack's out on iTunes. I bought it. It's good. Nice. Yes. Go oh. buy the soundtrack. Go buy the game. <laughs> Yes, the that's game. the advice. You yeah. the game. If you uh, we'd give to all of this, and you haven't bought the game yet. Then what the fuck? You fucked up. <laughs> you basically... Yeah, I don't know why you listened to this without having played the game because we spoiled the shit out of this game for you guys. Also, yeah. like 
There's still oh, stuff we didn't spoil, game. though. Oh, I know. There's so much stuff okay, that we haven't talked about. Anything we haven't spoiled it, yet, we, ha- we should get through all of it. <laughs> oh, can we talk about spoilers for a second? Don't watch the fucking ads for this game. Because holy shit, they spoil a lot. I didn't know they, this game even had ads. They have a budget for that? There were auto-playing ads on YouTube that I watched as I was playing through it that had a segment of A2 fighting the boss in the desert. You don't have uh, ad block? <laughs> no, well, I'm lazy. And it's just like, <laughs> wait, ha- that is in your ad? Like, playthrough three reveal? You of should a- not have A2 in your ad whatsoever. Right? If no, you're advertising no, this game. Not at all. Should I have 9S or A2 in your ad? Well, you well, play 9S, 9S, like 9S and 2B are the two you can have in your ad. Yeah. But, like, there is a shot in the trailer in the ad of, you know, the very end of playthrough 1 and 2 when 9S goes into the giant robot body and picks up 2B? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shot is in the fucking ad. Of course it is. Oh god, that wow. reminds me. The no one like no one actually played near you. Watched the playthrough of it, didn't you, Operator? Uh-huh. I watched part of the playthrough. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing these games do really, really badly is you know how when you leave a menu on for too long and it plays a little trailer. Oh yeah, the little track yeah. mode screen. Yeah, I, I noticed. I, I when I walked away from the, the title screen for whatever reason, I, and I like saw it like back, and I was like, I'm not, li- I'm not looking at this. Just, like, gotta hit like, the button as fast as the possible. The one for near one, which starts every time you start the game. The opening line is why from. Why is you dumbass? Yeah, why is you dumb? That is from the major twist at the halfway point of the game that ruins all of that. And they're talking about characters that you don't see until that point of the game. And yeah, they're all like that. Never watch them. <laughs> yeah. it's This is a game that you want to go into relatively unspoiled. So if yeah. you've listened to this entire podcast up until now and you haven't played the game, you've made a grave error. But you'll still have fun. You will still have fun. Yes. The combat is still superb. Um, so I think we're going to end it here. And, uh, if you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, we actually have a website, avocadogamescast.wordpress.com. So we're going to put this episode up there along with a link dump, although there probably won't be too many links for this episode because we just talked about one game the entire time. Um, we're also on iTunes, just search for Avocado Gamescast so you can subscribe really easily. Um, any closing thoughts? Ooh, we're on iTunes. How official. I know, right? I know. It's really easy to get your podcast on iTunes. Now. Just <laughs> Yeah, just don't like don't make a porn podcast and you can put it up on iTunes. Like that's what I've been doing wrong with my porn podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Um so any closing thoughts? Uh, I'll take is that best boy. Nine S is indeed best boy. Yeah, and Jackass is best girl. Eight <laughs> is best girl. We can fight about this later. <laughs> you do right. fight about uh, us, girls. You know Fuck you. Emil is best boy now and forever. Uh, I can live with that. Yeah. I can live with that. Me too. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for, for being on the podcast with me. And thank you, listeners, uh, for making it to the end of this podcast. Uh, we will see you for another episode soon. Bye now. Bye. 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 Bye.